I talk to so many moms who say, Brooke, I want to pray for my kids. I just don't know how to start. That's exactly why I wrote my digital resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children. It's your how-to guide, giving you a very short, simple, step-by-step process for how I first started praying God's Word. Download it right away, and I'm not joking, you'll be praying God's Word by this afternoon. All you need is a Bible, a notebook, and a pencil, or your phone, if you prefer, somewhere to create a short list. You can find that freebie in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Proverbs 30 verse 8 says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Unfortunately, we live in a world where difficulties, abuse, and even betrayal happens on a daily basis. This Bible verse is perfect to pray for your children and yourself. Having walked through her own story of betrayal, author Jennifer Lynn Heck knows firsthand the importance of this prayer. She writes about it in her book, Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace, available on Amazon. In the book, she shares what can happen when we become vulnerable and how God enables us to victoriously overcome. Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace is written as the story of Victoria Grace, a young woman born with a crippling physical disability who experiences betrayal but overcomes and receives the healing only God can give. It's designed with beautiful, full-color pages, and Bible passages are creatively interwoven into the story. Discover how you and your family can use what Jennifer calls the Word-Activated Response Strategy in prayer to defeat Satan's deception and attacks and receive hope and encouragement in your own fiery trials. Get your copy of Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace now on Amazon. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way, they are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up, it's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast. My name is Brooke McLaughlin, and we are here to make prayer the first and best response to the challenges of parenting, a partnership between you and the God who loves your children more than you do. Together, we're learning to pray God's word for our children in the areas they need it most. I hope you've been enjoying and learning from this season on The Blended Family as much as I am. In last week's episode, we learned all about the importance of approaching co-parenting from the right perspective with Rachel G. Scott. Today, we're going to learn how to turn complete strangers into siblings. No easy feat, to be sure. And our guest to help us learn all about this is Vanessa Martindale of Blended Kingdom Families. Vanessa is a registered nurse, and she's pursuing her master's degree in marriage and family therapy at the King's University. She and her husband, Scott, a licensed professional counselor, have been married for over eight years, and together they founded Blended Kingdom Families, a ministry that's committed to breaking the generational cycle of divorce, equipping marriages, and educating blended families with resources and practical skills through the truth of God's Word. Scott and Vanessa are a blended family with four sons and four golden retrievers, and they live in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. I can't wait for you to hear from them today. Remember to pick up your prayer guide to accompany this season, Praying God's Word for Your Blended Family. In it, you'll find biblical teaching on the heart of the blended family and scripture-inspired prayers for your family to trust in the Lord to provide for all their needs. 
to wait on the Lord to give you His best, to develop strong and lasting relationships, overcome pain and brokenness from losses, and walk into your future confidently trusting in God's plan. You can download your copy now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. After a word from our sponsors, we'll dive into this important conversation. Well, Vanessa, welcome for the first time to the Million Praying Moms podcast. I'm so glad to have you here with us. I would love it if you could take just a second for those who maybe don't know who you are and are not familiar with your ministry, just tell us about yourself, your family, set the backdrop and tell us you know, what God's called you to do. Yes. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I absolutely love what you're doing um, and have been following for a while. And I'm a huge fan and just want to say thank you for the opportunity. But a little bit about myself. So we are a family of six. I've been married to my husband, Scott, for almost 10 years. So it'll be 10 years in November. And we call ourselves a testosterone home. So we have four sons <laughs> and we are a blended family. And so I was married previously and that ended in divorce. And I have a 17-year-old son who is a senior from that marriage. And then together, my husband, Scott, and I have three sons. We have nine, eight, and seven. Okay. And we have four dogs. So three golden retrievers and one puppy, a German shepherd. So it is wild, hairy, and just amazing all at the same time. Uh, It's a lot. Yes. You don't, you don't really have to say anything else because I have also a testosterone home and I have two dogs and a cat. Our dogs are labs. So similar to your dogs all the, and sometimes confused for your dogs. My oldest son, just graduated and he's in college now. So he's not living here full time, but it is stinky, smelly, loud and hairy in our home as well. And I would describe it almost exactly, even though I don't have four boys, I often feel like I have 24 boys because of how loud they can be at times. So I completely resonate with what you're saying. I love being able to talk to another mom of boys. And I know that there's lots of boy moms that are listening to us as well. So this is going to be fun. Tell us a little bit about your ministry, Blended Kingdom Families. How did it get started and what's its mission? Yeah. So um, the ministry started, we launched it in January of 2020. So we're about three years old. It really came from a season of our own brokenness and messiness, to be honest. I grew up in a blended family. We are a blended family. And in 2017, I was served lawsuit papers over the custody of my oldest son from my uh, former spouse. And ultimately, we went through this year-long litigation battle, and the Lord performed an amazing miracle through all of that. We went from 12 years of disunity and not being able to co-parent well at all to then being able to co-parent and have this amicable relationship and healthy relationship for our son. And so through that year of litigation, not only did he perform that miracle, but it's really where the birth of the ministry and what I believe is the miracle of the ministry was birthed was in that season. And so we had reached out to the local church in hopes of finding biblically based resources for step families, families like ours that face unique challenges, you know, from the norm. And there wasn't anything that we could find specifically for what we were looking for. And little did we know after we uh, went through that litigation season and went through mediation that the Lord would call us into that. And he did. And we were obedient in that. And that's how the ministry got started. And we love being able to partner with the Lord and helping these families, helping these marriages, helping these children that are going through divorce and are being a part of a blended family and helping them navigate through that and really trying to 
show people how we can do it God's way. Just because, you know, we've experienced divorce and we've had to go through that doesn't mean that we aren't able to have a blessed marriage or have a blessed family. And so that's really our heart behind what we do. And our mission is to help break the generational cycle of divorce by equipping marriages and uniting blended families with the truth of God's word. And our vision is that every step family and blended family would have a community group or church to go to, to receive equipping and support both spiritually and physically. Mm, That is such a great mission. I feel like you've done two things there. One, with your words, you have just provided a balm to the hurting heart that might be listening right now that says, just because you went through this doesn't mean this. And I think if ever there was a time that believers may choose to internalize the lies of the enemy, it's maybe after a divorce or in the midst of a divorce. And so you've just spoken truth into that darkness. I just wanted to point that out because I think that's so important. But I also think that it's very important for us as believers when we're asking ourselves, you know, what is God calling me to do? What, what am I supposed to do with the gifts and the talents that God's given me? Have you ever done the Experiencing God study by Henry Blackaby? I have not. Okay. I did that as a kid. I was like 16, 17 years old. And our youth pastor at the time took us through, there's an adult version and there's a youth version. And he took us through the youth version. And one of the things, maybe one of the only things that I remember specifically from that study that God has used in my life over and over and over again is that if you want to know what God's calling you to do, take a look around you and see what God is already doing and then join him in it. So good. And that has served me well so many times. And I see that in your story as well. God was doing something in you. You went to the church and those things combined, what God was doing in you and what you were not finding in the church is what prompted you to step forward and say, okay, God, I'll do this. I'll take on this mantle and we'll provide this help and this life-giving ministry to the families that need it. And so that's just an amazing, beautiful story of how God can use our brokenness. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive into this important conversation. Proverbs 30 verse 8 says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Unfortunately, we live in a world where difficulties, abuse, and even betrayal happens on a daily basis. This Bible verse is perfect to pray for your children and yourself. Having walked through her own story of betrayal, author Jennifer Lynn Heck knows firsthand the importance of this prayer. She writes about it in her book, Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace, available on Amazon. In the book, she shares what can happen when we become vulnerable and how God enables us to victoriously overcome. Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace is written as the story of Victoria Grace, a young woman born with a crippling physical disability who experiences betrayal but overcomes and receives the healing only God can give. It's designed with beautiful, full-color pages, and Bible passages are creatively interwoven into the story. Discover how you and your family can use what Jennifer calls the Word-Activated Response Strategy in prayer to defeat Satan's deception and attacks and receive hope and encouragement in your own fiery trials. Get your copy of Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace now on Amazon. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. 
Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. The point of why I wanted to have you on the show today was really to talk about the impact of divorce and then blending a family together on the children, especially Mm -hmm. when there are siblings from previous marriages. And so as I was thinking about the direction of this, I started looking back on my own life because my parents did not divorce. They're still together. I was not a child of a blended family. And I don't have that actually in much of my history, you know, like familial history either. And so I was thinking back and I thought, you know, I am nothing if not a child of the 90s. And so when I think about like the blended family, I think about the Brady Bunch. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I've got the picture in my head of them going up and down the stairs in the home. And I actually just saw a meme with their house on the outside of it with Alice, the housekeeper and all the boys in one room and all the girls in the other room and, and how their family dynamic and all that. And I know well enough as a 45 year old woman now that that dynamic, the reality is probably so far from what we were given in that picture. So I'd love it if you could help us understand some of the most common challenges that blended families face Mm -hmm. as they, in your words, turn strangers into siblings. What does that look like? What are the challenges and how do we deal with it? Yeah. You know, I think it looks different for a lot of people. Blended families come in so many different shapes, sizes, and forms. You may have his children. She doesn't have children, her children, our children, a mixture of the both. And so our situation is I had a child. My husband didn't. This is his first marriage, but we have our children. So hers and ours. And so I think given the ages as well, a lot of people blend with adult children. It can look very different. But I would say, you know, when you're trying to turn strangers into siblings, understanding that, and I'll speak to the children that are our age, which is, you know, anywhere from seven to 17. But speaking to that age range, I would say you go through a divorce and what was safe to children and what was everything that they have known has then been torn apart. And that trust can be broken. It's not something that they ask for. They didn't have a voice in it. And so I think a lot of times when children come out of that, there's a lot of broken trust there. There's a lot of fear, maybe confusion, a lack of understanding of what is going on. And when you're trying to then blend those families together, you know, children can be confused. They can also be resentful. They may not like the new step parent that's coming into the family or the new siblings that are coming in. They may feel uncomfortable. They may feel overlooked or unseen because again, they didn't have a voice in this matter. For others, it may be exciting and new. I know for my son, he was so excited to get a stepdad. He was so excited when little brother started coming into the picture. He was very excited about that. And I think within that, kids can build up expectations, whether they're positive positive or negative in that. And so I think one of the things that whenever you're beginning to blend children together is that you want to stay in constant communication and the biological parents still providing some one-on-one time with the child. And, you know, 
as you're blending, you know, just having those intentional moments of, hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? What are you thinking about this? How are you and your siblings connecting and providing opportunities for those siblings to bond and to build those relationships and to establish a foundation of trust? Because I think a lot of blended families come in gung-ho and they're like, everybody's going to get along and this is going to be exciting and it's going to be great. And then when the children are not getting along or even the children and the step-parents aren't getting along, it then becomes, oh my gosh, it's kind of like the broken dream of, I thought it was going to be this, but it's this. And then you're really starting to get into the nitty gritty of what blended families face. Yeah. You know, I think it's pretty common in a different kind of family. And I'm struggling to find the right word here in a traditional family, maybe. And I don't want to say that a blended family is not traditional in that sense, but, you know, in a family that has not experienced divorce or whatever, like my kids fight all the time. My kids don't get along with each other. My kids sometimes don't get along with their dad. My kids sometimes don't get along with me. And that's a normal part of the family dynamic. But when you add in that extra layer of this was not the way it started, or this is an addition that I didn't expect, or I had no voice in, then it is really different to know how to minister in that. There's just a difference. And I'm not sure how to put it into other words, but it's an entirely different thing than some of the normal dynamic that you might experience in, am I putting this into words Yes, correctly? you are. Traditional is okay. correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, I had to think about it this way. When my husband, when we got married, he wasn't there for Michael's first steps. He wasn't there for Michael's right. first birthday. And The same thing goes for your children and your stepchildren. When they're coming together, they have experienced life outside of this for a number of years. And all of a sudden, they're coming together and they're, you know, kind of being, I don't know, forced is the right word, but forced to become siblings. And so, and it's going to take time. And one thing that we always tell our community is the three P's and it's be prayerful, be patient and be persistent. And by that, it's just be prayerful over your family dynamics, over those relationships, make we're covering them every single day. Be patient in that process. Like I said earlier, we so desperately want those relationships to form overnight, so to speak. Um, but that takes time. There takes uh, It takes building that foundation of trust, like I said, and forming those bonds. And you want it to happen in a natural way because when you force that, it can really tear those relationships apart or force them to go the opposite direction. And then just being persistent in that. And by that, I think about my son because we would be like, hey, how are you doing? And he would say the four little words fine. And we knew that fine did not mean fine. And so we were just persistent in our pursuit of him and how he was dealing emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and just would get curious. I think when we can get very curious with our kids and ask questions, it takes us to a point of deeper connection with them and intimacy where we can truly get to know them and how they're feeling. And that in itself will provide security and safety and children thrive in environments of that. So when we can provide that for our children and stepchildren as we're blending the families, I think you know it can help make that process go better. But it also, again, provides that security and, and starts laying down that foundation of trust that they need to start forming those sibling relationships. Yeah, that's so good. I think anytime we can be students of our children, anytime we can actually set aside some time, or I'm not even necessarily talking about one-on-one time here, although that certainly is a part of it, but just watching them, seeing how they react and what their facial expressions are, the true gut facial reaction before they're able to put on a mask or get back to that place of it's fine. If we can watch for those things, it will tell us so much 
about what our children need, about who they are, about what they're experiencing, and where they need us to step in and provide that safe anchor, that guidance, that reshaping of circumstances or whatever. So I think that's so, so important to do that for every parent-child relationship. Yes, But I think it's certainly applies in the blended family dynamic. So let's take a second and label the emotions that our children feel. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important for us to give our children words to describe what they're feeling in given situations. I don't know about the boys in your home. And I'm not going to say that I, I necessarily know that this translates equally to a girl home, because we do know that girls are more verbal in some ways than boys are. But I've found over the years that my children would say, I'm mad. And that could mean that they were just a little peeved, or it could mean that they were extremely upset about something. And yet they would use the same word to describe, you know, just a continuum of emotions. And so it's been helpful for us in our home to help them begin to label with a little bit more precision, what they're actually feeling. So I think this is a useful exercise for parents who might be listening right now to say, what is my child actually feeling? And how Mm -hmm. can I get to the root of that with them? So maybe you can tell us some of the emotions that you have seen that children might feel when they're blending together with a family where they're gaining new siblings, new family And then maybe share your own opinion on why that could be important. Yeah. You know, I think one thing that we hear over and over, and my husband and I both do counseling and so, and we have a counseling center. And so we deal with a lot of blended families and a lot of issues like this. And I think one thing that we hear a lot of when we're asking, how are you feeling, you know, within your blended family or in your relationships, it's I'm angry or I'm mad, but it's also, I feel like I don't matter or that nobody loves me. And really when you dig into that, it's more of, like I said earlier, they don't feel like they have a voice or they feel like they're unseen, so to speak, and that mom and stepdad or dad and stepmom are kind of like in their world and they've just kind of been tossed to the side when really that's not it at all. And it can really just be a lack of communication. But because there's not that communication, maybe they're feeling unseen or they don't matter and that nobody cares about them. Or if they see that their biological parent is giving attention to their new step-sibling, they think that, oh, mom loves them more than me. And that's not the case. It's that she's trying to form a relationship and get to know them. And I think when it comes to blended families, one thing that we always try to teach is get into family counseling. Anytime you're blending a family, premarital counseling is great for when you're beginning to blend, but getting the entire family in there, we have seen it do some amazing things within family and break things down and get to the root of of what some of the issues are. Just because you're excited about blending your family and your spouse is excited about it doesn't mean that the kids are. And when you can uh, sit down as a family and walk through that together, you will see so much healing and progress made through that. And so I think that's some of the things, Brooke, that they're just little practical things, but family counseling is huge with blended families. And I highly, highly recommend it. If you can get a biblical counselor, I think that's even better. Mm -hmm. What are some things that parents should be looking for as they are like maybe signs or things that would make them think, okay, I need to maybe be on high alert or I need to watch for this so that I can know that we need to take action in a different way? What are just a few things off the top of your head. 
Yeah. So one thing that we see a lot with blended kids, it's, and I'll label it as emotional abandonment. And they feel because mom and dad have divorced and we're now blending into this new family that they've just kind of been tossed to the side, so to speak. I don't know if that's the right phrase to say, but like they don't matter. So some of the signs with that is withdrawn when you see that they're getting quiet or a teenager's going up to their room. I think that's one sign. The other thing is, you know, if you see that they are it can even be a change in the things that they once found a lot of passion in or, or that they were really excited about. If they're, if it's a daughter and she's really passionate about ballet and you see that she's no longer passionate about that, you know, I would get curious. Sleep, appetite, those are some things as well. Another thing would be maybe if there's an explosive reaction. So your child has this reaction that they wouldn't normally have when something is said or something is done. And it's like, hey, that's not a normal reaction. You know, what's the root of that? Where is that coming from? And again, getting curious. And these are just a few things. And you can get on and Google signs and symptoms. But those are some of the things that we typically see in blended kiddos. When parents come in, we're like, yeah, you know, let's sit down and have a conversation about that and just really dive in more into like, hey, where does that come from? And what is within you that is making you feel that way? Yeah, that's so good. Anything out of the norm. And I think there are going to be things out of the norm because this situation is out of their norm. Yeah. So it may very well cause them to behave in ways that you might think, well, that's not the norm for my child or whatever. But these are some things that you can watch for. And certainly if they are in combination with more things that are out of the norm, then it would be maybe a sign that some help is needed there. Um, Those are all kind of reactive ways that, you know, we're reacting to what our children are presenting with in the situation. Apart from being a student of your child, apart from really communicating with your child, what are some things that you've seen in your own home and in the families that you've worked with, some ways that parents can be proactive in helping their children in a new marriage to feel like they're a part of the family to feel like they are going from being strangers to being siblings. Yeah, I think one thing is from the beginning, letting them play a part in the wedding and, you know, the planning of that. I think that's fun, you know, depending on the age, but letting them have a part in that. If you're buying a new house together, what are the living arrangements going to look like? Like let the kids have a voice in, hey, I want to share a room with my new step sibling or I don't, or I would like to decorate it this way or not. Creating opportunities to bond. So family dinners, um, that just doing the basics. So many families just don't even do the basics. Providing a daily devotional and prayer time together as a family. That's something that we do. And it has really bonded our family over the years have fun. They want to have fun. So creating fun opportunities. We're a football family. So anything football, we all love doing together. It may be that your family enjoys playing Monopoly. You know, do more of that. Do the things that you can find commonality in. Family holidays, creating your personal family holiday traditions. We can still honor some things of the past because you may put the Christmas tree up on Thanksgiving and that is something that your children are used to doing every year. And it may be that they want to continue to do that. So you can still honor some of the things from the past, but then also create those new traditions with your new family. I would also say, like I said earlier, do more of what grounds all of you together. And so for us, a non-negotiable is church on Sundays. We go to church together as a family. We make sure that because our kids are in sports, you know, it's a non-negotiable. We have dinner at least five nights a week together. And then the other ones, 
Maybe we're going out to dinner or ordering fast food, something like that. But connect on the things that you enjoy to do together. And then the last thing I would say is sacrificing your desires and time to come into their world. One thing with our oldest son, he's 17. So when he goes to visit his dad and stepmom and his siblings over there, our little boys, they want him home and they miss him. And so we really have to talk to our 17-year-old and tell him, hey, like, Your brothers are missing you. When you come back in, make sure that you're present and that you don't just retreat to your room. He's old enough now that he gets that. Whereas when he was younger, he he didn't. But now that he's 17 and he has the emotional intelligence, before he goes to his room and retreats, he makes sure to come in and spend time with them, ask them how they were doing. They want to know about his time and his dad's and he engages with them. So I think that's another aspect of it, again, depending on the age of the kiddos. But yeah, coming into the world and doing things that your step-sibling loves to do, hey, Johnny has a soccer game. You know, you may not like soccer, but we're going to all go support him and cheer him on together. And within that, you'll find those moments where you can create those opportunities for them to bond. And then you'll see the conversations start to happen and they'll connect on more things than you ever thought. And so it's really cool to see that happen. That's awesome. I love ending the show with practical tips. So thank you so much for sharing out of your experience and and out of your professional wisdom as well. I would love it, Vanessa, if you would take just a second as we wrap up and tell everybody where they can get involved with the work that you're doing for the kingdom. Absolutely. Thank you, Brooke. Yes, you can find us at blendingkingoffamilies.com. All of our social media platforms, Blending Families, and the same as our podcast on all the different, you know, audio platforms. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. Don't forget to get your copy of our new prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Blended Family. You can find it and more information about Vanessa in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Million Praying Moms podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Go check them out. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.